Hello listeners, welcome back to the PD Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Assault, Dillon County Satellite Crisis Center podcast for July 2021. For those of you who are new to our podcast, I want to begin by providing the center's location. The Dillon County is located in South Carolina. The center address is 1101 Highway 301 North in the city of Dillon. Today we have Michelle Smith, Program Coordinator for the Durant Children's Center, located in Florence, South Carolina. The Durant Children's Center is just one piece of the puzzle that is the PD Coalition. Good day, Michelle. I'm going to begin by asking you to give the listeners a brief history of Durant. Why is it titled Durant Center? Good morning, Glenda, and thank you so much for having me here. Um, it is titled the Durant's Children's Center because the Elizabeth Pettigrew Durant's Children's Center was established in 1994, and it was actually established by Mr. Joe Durant for his wife, Elizabeth Durant, who was a school teacher, and she had a great affinity for children. We were actually, again, established in 1994 as the second children's advocacy center in South Carolina, but the very first center to have medical services. So we officially call the Durant's Children's Center the house where the healing begins because this is where we receive, we complete assessments and treatment for suspected cases of child abuse and neglect to children all across the PD. Thank you for that information. How many centers are there and where are they? We actually have three centers and our first center was um, Florence, is located in Florence. And again, it was established in 1994, um, the 12th Judicial Center Circuit. And we also have Hart School, which was established in 1998 um, as the 4th Judicial Circuit. And currently we have Sumter, Durant's Children's Center, and it was established in 2019 as the third judicial circuit. And we actually served Chesterfield, Darlington, Dillon, Florence, Marion, Marlborough, Sumter, and Williamsburg counties. Now, all of these are in South Carolina, correct? Yes, they are. Okay, thank you for that information. How does someone, uh, what's the contact information for each of these centers, the location and the phone number? Okay, for the Florence Center, the address is 220 South Irby Street, Florence, South Carolina. And the telephone number is 843-664-4357. For the Hartsville site, that address is 510 West Carolina Avenue. And that's in Hartsville, South Carolina. And the telephone number is 843-332-9299. And the Sumter's address is 411 North Salem Avenue, Sumter, South Carolina. And that number is 803-757-1570. I'm going to throw in a question here. How do, Does the public contact the Durant Center or do they go through the PD Coalition Satellite Centers for Actually, services? Actually, what we do, we have um, um, various referrals, which we call our multidisciplinary team, and we receive referrals like through law enforcement, 
Department of Social Services, mental health, um, school systems, things, solicitor's office, um, things of that nature. So, um, because of the, the severity of what we do, that's basically how we receive our referrals. So can a person who has a concern about a child, can they contact Durant Center? If a person has a concern about a child of any type of physical, um, physical abuse, mental abuse, physical neglect, they need to contact the, the Department of Social Services or contact law enforcement. And if that's the case, law enforcement would definitely contact us. And if it is a need for us to provide that service for that child, then we definitely can do that through law enforcement. Okay, thank you for that information. You're quite welcome. Now, the next thing I'm going to ask you is what are the titles of the staff and um, explain what each title is. Okay, actually the program director is our wonderful director, Gloria McClary, and she provides overall oversight and implementation of all the Durant Children's Center. So she has all the centers? Yes, and she has such a significant feat, and it's, it's amazing just to see how she's able to effectively uh, provide services for the staff and keep everyone upbeat and, and ensuring that things are, are, are going well. But she can be located in Florence primarily, correct? Actually, she's um, located in Sumter, in Sumter, in the Sumter's office. Okay. And I'm located in the Florence office. Okay. And then we have um, my position, which is the program coordinator's position. And I maintain and coordinate all services provided within the, the Ranch Children's Center and ensure services meet at least the minimal standards uh, put forth by the National Children's Alliance. What is the National Children's Alliance? Um, the National Children's Alliance is basically, um, if I can, and, and Gloria, and I, we do have Gloria on the phone, so Gloria may have to assist me with that. But um, that's basically, Gloria, do you want to share that information for us? Sure. Can you hear me? We can. Sure. The National Children's Alliance is an accredited uh, national center that accredits all the centers across the United States of America. And what that center does is that the NCA, which is called NCA, the National Children Alliance, it ensures that each center across the United States maintain the accredited standards set forth by them. It's a national board member that set forth mem uh, accreditation standards that each center has to abide by. Um, Recently, uh, the Florence, uh, excuse me, the Sumter Center was accredited as a satellite center. Most recently, this year, last year, the Hartsville Center, who's located in Hartsville, South Carolina, um, gained reaccreditation back. Um, accreditation lasts five years. Every five years, um, each center has to go through a set of standards that are held. Um, at the highest level that each center has to provide. Um, one of the standards set forth is that we have to maintain a multidisciplinary team um, and what that team membership should looks like. One of the things that it should look like is that we should have all of our standards um, abide by. By saying that, I mean that we have to have law enforcement, 
We have to have our Department of Social Services agency involved. We have to have our solicitor's office involved. We have to have a a mental health component involved with our multidisciplinary. And also, of course, we have to have our internal team, our medical doctor, our family advocate, our forensic interviewers. And, and, And the NCA set the standard. I mean, you can't be accredited if you're not enforcing all of the standards. You have to. That's one of the main things they look at, that, you know, each center, when they accredited them, they have to make sure that all the standards are abide by. So when you're accredited by the National Children's Alliance, that, that, that speaks volume for a center. Exactly. So we were happy to have that done for our centers. Um, they provide assistance for us. They provide a number of training for us. They keep us inform nationally what's going on across the United States and abroad and what we should be doing for these children, which is very helpful. You know, this past year we had a, we were in a pandemic. Uh, we're still in a pandemic, of course. So they really provided support for us during this pandemic and how we should reach our children, even though most of the kids were not in school. So they were, they were a very significant help in how we should maintain our standards and what services we could still provide. Um, they were very supportive because, of course, you know, we're in a pandemic, it's, it's a contagious disease, but mm-hmm. the National Children Alliance provided such a supportive system where we, we looked at what, what we could do. We looked at telehealth services. We had to still provide therapy for these kids. So we looked at how do we use that? How do we use our technology? And, of course, a lot of people learned this past year that technology was the key and maintaining um, our services with these kids and these families. If it was by our laptop, by Zoom call, podcast, um, technology where we were texting, telehealth communication. So all these things came together and they were very supportive across the United States and how we should provide services um, to these families. So the National Alliance really um, is a really good support system to all of our centers across the state of South Carolina. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. You want to continue with the um, staff titles? Oh, yes. Yes. And we actually have um, a medical director. And with this medical director, she does the same thing. She provides the overall oversight and implementation of the medical staff. Because with the Durant Children's Center, when the child comes in for um, allegations of sexual or physical abuse, we have our interviewers that will interview that child, as well as we have forensic medicals. And so this is what the director does. She, she ensures that in each facility, that if a child has to have that, that medical completed, that we have someone there that can conduct that, that, that medical. So does she travel to each site to provide that? She can, but she has um, staff as well. We do have a nurse practitioner that assists with that. And they do travel to the various counties to ensure that we can provide these medicals. Well, when she when the medical is provided, does that mean that that particular medical personnel has to testify in court? Well, what we do, we do record our, um, we don't record the, the medicals, but we do have their recommendations. And whatever their recommendations are, uh, that is valid. But if law, if it is a need for them to go to court, then they can go to court to testify to the, to the matters of those facts of the record. Okay. 
Tell me about your family advocates. Family advocates are really important because they are the ones that basically make that contact with the family to, to set up that appointment for that child to come in for that interview and basically follows that, that family or that, that client all through the, the course of the case. Um, they've set up the appointment for their interview, uh, ensure that the medical is done if the medical is needed. If there's any recommendations for therapy or any other type of recommendation, they follow that child or that, that client through to ensure that they receive those recommendations. Even if it means the child may have to go to court, we would assist the family in going to court with that child or preparing that child for court. And that's one of the reasons why we are so special at Advocacy Center, because we actually record the interviews so the child does not have to continue to repeat that story of what has happened to them, that traumatic event. So that's what makes us so amazing to be able to do these things and not allow that to happen. But with that advocate, those are the things that that person does, continue to follow that, that, that family and that, that client, and we typically call the children the client, uh, through the, the, the series of the things that might need to occur, just to ensure that they have someone that can help them and they're not out there by themselves. And we also have um, a clinical director. And because, again, I, we, we have recommendations of therapy or counseling, we have that clinical director and we do have um, some counselors. We have a counselor. Uh, of course, he can, that person cannot see everyone, but we do have some where we do in-house therapy. So to kind of assist the families to, um, and so they would not have to go out to a, a different therapist or anything like that. And so we also have our intake case coordinator. That's the person that whenever our referral source, which is law enforcement, DSS, and solicitor, solicitor office, when they make a report, she takes that information and she ensures that whoever needs to have that information, like the, the clinical, if it's a forensic medical, or if it's an interview, that she takes all that information put it in the system, which is our collaborate system. And then uh, she will send us a, a calendar invite so we'll know when that appointment is scheduled. And we also have the forensic interviewer. I kind of touched base on that. That's the person that conducts the interviews to determine the facts about the alleged abuse to the minor. What qualifies a forensic interviewer? Is there any type of special training? That, that person goes through any certification, anything like that? Yes, it is. That, um, that person, you cannot interview a child until you've gone through our certification training, which typically lasts a month, uh, I'm sorry, not a month, a week. But even after the training, uh, that interviewer has to be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She, she would actually have someone that, that observes her just to, or, or that person to ensure that they are complying and, and doing as they should be doing for the interviews. Mm -hmm. okay. And we also have, um, I did mention the trauma therapist, the counselor, and that's the one that provides that counseling to the children and the non-offending parents um, in individual and in group settings. Forensic medicals, we touched on that, and that's when we have that comprehensive healthcare evaluation, evaluation for children suspected of having been physically or sexually abused. Uh, we do have what we call a pediatric adolescent sexual assault nurse examiner, our PSANE nurse, and that is uh, 
that person provides acute examinations within 72 hours. Because sometimes we may not see a child in the center until probably like two or three, two or three weeks you know, since the incident has happened. But with the PSANE, they actually can go within 72 hours to, to evaluate this child to see if there's any form of abuse or, or neglect to that child. So you're saying they can go, where did they go? Did they go to the Durant Crisis Center? They will receive a call and they can go to the Durant's Children's Center. We do have it actually set up where they can do that examination there. And we do have what we call a parent education, parent support group, parenting group. And it's an intense 12-week evidence-based parenting curriculum that consists of the nurturing parent and the parenting anonymous model and strengthening family, which is for kids of all ages. And we have a tremendous staff that does a great job with those classes. And we have what we call a prevention coordinator that goes into the schools, the elementary schools, and she basically teaches the children how to say no, uh, get away, and tell a trusted person if anyone tries to assault them. Okay, let's go back to the parenting education program, which is called PEPS, PEPS. How do the referrals come in for the PEPS program? And basically, we receive those referrals through the Department of Social Services. And so um, that is a very uh, you know, great program. And uh, so far, we're, we're up and growing, and we're trying to see what all else we can do to make it even better. But it is a very intense 12 weeks program, and it is evidence-based. Why would they be referred to the PEPS program? Because we have situations where we have some uh, parents that just need that extra to, you know, they may be overwhelmed with a particular situation, or DSS just see that need for that parent to go through uh, some type of parent instruction in order just to, to get their children back or to keep their children. So that is a referral program. I just can't call up and say, hey, I want to go to the parenting program. It's a referral program. Yes, ma'am. We do have to have referrals. Okay. Okay. So we've got, that's a lot of personnel. That yes. is a lot of things that the Durant Crisis Center does for the community. Exactly. Okay, why is it important to have a child advocacy center? Again, it is important because it was created just to reduce the trauma to child abuse victims um, by the investigation process and to um, more effectively prosecute those who commit crimes against children. And that's why we definitely have the multidisciplinary response uh, that consists of law enforcement, DSS, solicitor's office, and the CAC mental health um, and the medical community. Okay. What type of preparation does the Durant Children's Center do for court? And who is it that's required to go to court? Okay. And if there is a need for us to go to court, sometimes the counselor would have to go. If, if the judge orders that, that counselor to go, uh, sometimes... The child may have to go. Although we have done the interview and they received the the, um, the DVD of the interview, they may still want the child to go. So um, just preparing that child, telling that child if they would have to go, go, on, go to the court. Show the child where the child would have to sit and, you know, what to expect and that we'll be there with them. And just to give them as much support as we possibly can. Just to let them know, just to continue to be truthful and 
just whatever you know, you, you remember, you know, telling them things like that, just to, to kind of give them that comfort and so support. You, you have three judicial circuits, which is the 12th, the 4th, and the 3rd, and then you serve eight counties, so that could be a lot of court going. I mean, that that's, that's a lot of travel, a lot of court for a child, because as the public may not know, even though your incident happened in Dillon County, mm -hmm. you may have to go somewhere else in the Fourth Circuit mm -hmm. to have the court. And, and understandably so, but that's the great thing about the Durant's Children's Center, because we don't go to court a lot. Because, because of the great work that we do, a lot of times we gather those disclosures from the, the client, and they don't have to go to court. If there is a concern, of course we would be there, but I have not seen yet where we've had to go to court because we actually obtained enough information to substantiate the findings. That's great. If it I is. may, Glenda, yes. if, if I may, if I may interject, um, I think I'm, I want to make sure I'm hearing the question. You want to know who all would be the persons that will be subpoenaed to go to court? Well, um, Primarily, yes. Um, I, my understanding is that the forensic interviewer, the medical staff may be the ones going, the trauma counselor. Right. But who in the family would be allowed, would, would go, and do you reach out to the family if right, you go right. to court? Um, anytime, yeah, you're right about those, these individuals um, um, who may be subpoenaed. It would be the providers medical providers, the interviewers, the trauma counselor, of course, they may be getting subpoenas to go to court. But, you know, as Michelle said earlier, sometimes um, we provide a written report. We provide a, a DVD recording of the interview. Sometimes those, those things are substantial um, evidence that can be used. Um, whether the family members can attend court, they can, if the child has to come to court, then a family member can accompany that child to court. The custodial parent can accompany the child. Um, as Michelle said earlier, if we know that beforehand, we try to do is prepare that child for court by taking them. The family advocate would be taking that child to the courtroom, showing them where they'd be sitting, mm -hmm. explaining to them what, what, what the proceedings would look like. The judge sits here. You know, the alleged perpetrator may be sitting over there. Um, you'll be sitting here just to prepare that child and that mom for court. Um, most times the parents already know because they're getting uh, subpoenas already from the solicitor's office. Sometimes they know about court before we do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes a parent actually calls us and say, hey, I got this in the mail. What does this mean? So it's up to the family advocate to explain the court proceeding, the disposition and all that thing. That's why a family advocate is so important because they follow that case through the life of the case, um, their case tracking that case when a child comes in, whether DSS finds that case um, unfounded or founded for evidence. I mean, if the case closed or if the case is going to remain open for its treatment, the case advocate, uh, the family advocate is going to be knowledgeable of what's going on. The family advocate also is going to be contacting law enforcement if they're involved and saying, hey, was an arrest made? You know, what's going on? with the, the case, you know, give me a some give me a follow up. So 
for the life of the case, that family advocate is involved, making sure that child continues with therapy, if therapy was recommended, if some type of other treatment was recommended, the family advocate is going to be following that case throughout the life of the case. Thank you for that information. Um, let's, let's talk a little bit about the forensic interviewers. You mentioned that they conduct the interviews to determine facts of the alleged abuse, but what is forensic interviewing? And, and, and definitely just what you said is a certified interviewer that conducts an interview on a minor child for the primary purpose to determine facts about the alleged abuse. And that means they will uh, show findings. They, if that child um, disclosed that it actually happened, mm -hmm. we would have it actually recorded that this child, this is what this child provided to us. Mm -hmm. um, real quick, let's talk about collaborations. Who do you have collaborations with and why are those collaborations important? Gloria touched on it somewhat mm -hmm. with the national certification mm -hmm. that it's required in that, but why is it important to have community involved? Because essentially the old saying, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes all of us coming together, all these important pieces of the puzzle, putting them together so that we can lessen the trauma for this child. And so that's why it is so important for DSS law enforcement to know that they can contact us to, to set up that appointment so that we can see this, the child as soon as we possibly can. And, and, and again, we have had such a great collaboration with law enforcement at DSS and with some of the, our other uh, multidisciplinary. So we've been having a great, we've been having a great um, collaboration with them. Great. Michelle, you've answered a lot of questions today, and you really provided some wonderful information on the Durant Children's Center. Again, the Durant Children's Center is just one piece of the puzzle, which is PD Coalition Against Domestic and Sexual Assault. I want to thank you for being here today and joining us on our Dylan podcast. And listeners, stay tuned for our next Dylan podcast, which will be in September.